We start out with some very sad news today. I just heard it driving in. I know you guys were thinking about this, but a Lamborghini, okay, which goes for $200,000 to $400,000. If you want one, you have to wait 18 months to get it. A <laughs> brand new one? Yeah. Or use. Is it brand new? No, it's brand new. Okay. Isn't that awful? Oh, Terrible. man. I was going to order one. We should cancel the podcast Absolutely. because everybody watching or listening probably wanted a Lamborghini. You have yeah. to wait. I know my son does. That, yeah, was, well, <laughs> that was my plan after this. I couldn't That's believe it. Game if, over. If you, well, if you think about it, if you have two to $400,000 to buy yeah. a car, you expect to get it when you want it. That's true. And how you want yeah. it. Oh, that is devastating. If you could purchase one, that is devastating, actually. Maybe the only people we're appealing to is very successful drug dealers. That's very true. <laughs> right. Call me. I don't know. <laughs> Call me. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle, along with my co-host, Rachel Santizo. Good morning. And our guest, uh, Alex Jeffs McCray. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Hey, we, we've been asking for uh, reviews. Yes. On iTunes, yes. right? And of all the reviews we've gotten so far, everybody is five stars. Oh, yay. they like us! Oh my gosh, that's there exciting! There was one who said, "I I like it because uh, because you have real people on it." Mm. So that's I presume right. you are real people. Oh, authentic as they come. Okay. okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is one of the most watched podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. <laughs> And the whole point of it really is to get people to uh, understand, have a better understanding of, of what addiction is, right. uh, what recovery is, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and hopefully remove part of the stigma, say, no, mm -hmm. you're a loser because you're a mm -hmm. recovering addict. You know yes. what I mean? Or you are a recovering addict, or I'm a recovering alcoholic, yeah. you know. And this, all this stigma is attached to what it is in recovery, too, like the before, the during, the after. This is a long-term thing that we oh, deal yeah. with. And so, yeah. That's, that. that's the thing about it that people don't seem to realize, mm -hmm. uh, that it's a lifelong, complicated disease yes, that you is. have to deal with mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Absolutely. Uh, but the good news is you can get recovery, and it's not like... Uh, like if you're a diabetic, you have to, it, well, it's similar to that. You have to do insulin every day you do. or whatever. So, so we can recover. There was an interesting topic that somebody brought up and they told me they were recovered. And I was offended at first. I was like, you're recovered. Like you work like on this every you're day. Healed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, wait a second though. If I keep identifying myself as that person, that homeless individual that lost their kids and how am I standing for the people that still don't have a voice and where mm -hmm. I'm at today so I don't stay stuck in what I used to be so that I can grow to what I'm supposed to be and so I was like oh I think I could say I'm recovered I'm still a little nervous about it um but I still work on it every day but I'm not who I used to be I'm 10 right. years past that but I I sort of like recovering better than yeah. recovered because yeah. we had one guest on and I won't mention her name but uh, she said she is recovered, mm -hmm. and she was uh, addicted to heroin, cocaine, blah 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 blah. And and but now because she's recovered, she can drink as much as she wants to. Yeah. Uh, so and I sort of disagree with that. It's but. true. So it depends mm -hmm. on what recovery means to you. Yeah. But what it means to me is that I no longer stick a needle in my arm. So right. I feel like I'm recovered from that for sure. Right. 
Yeah. But but I'm st- but you're still recovering because yeah. like if I had if I had one drink I'd have twenty. Okay. Right. So, yeah. so mine's my more emotional recovery. Like I'm constantly working on my emotional recovery um, today. That is where, because if I don't keep that in check, then sure. that's when I would go back. Sure. The drugs and alcohol were just the solution to the other problems we right. had. Right, right, right. So we're taking all this time away <laughs> so, from our I know, guests. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Hi, tell us about yourself. Oh, man, where do I start? So In the beginning. I know. So I was born. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you. Um yeah, so I have been in and out of recovery for the past three years. Um, I'm a single parent to three beautiful children. Um, I don't really know what your, else your I want to say. Began when? My addiction, actually, I'm a little bit, I'm not unique, but my addiction didn't kick into full force until I was 27. Mm-hmm. Um, I got divorced. I was um, prepared to be a single parent of two children, and I found out a week after I left my ex-husband that I was pregnant with number three. So that was really hard for me. I went through my pregnancy, uh, going through a divorce. And then once I had my child, I was about, uh, he was about five, six months old. And I uh, got into a relationship with an addict. And I think I had postpartum depression. And that kickstarted my addiction. What drug of choice? It started out with meth on the weekends to just party. And then I had to use heroin to come down to be a parent. And then I didn't understand what withdrawals were at that point. I'd heard about them, but they weren't like something I was used to. So when I tried to stop, I felt like utter crap. So for the next four years after that, it was just to stay well at that point. Explain what postpartum depression is, because I think that's an important topic for yeah. people to know about. So um I never got on any medication or anything, but I I for depression for me, I've struggled with it off and on. But um, it was situational, so anybody would go through some depression. I mean, no matter how good or bad the re- your marriage was and your divorce, how well it went, mm-hmm. there you're losing a part of yourself. Sure. So it was trying to redirect that. And not only I had this new baby, so it's like I emotionally didn't know how to go through all of that. And then hopped on top of it, had three children under three years of age. I'd be depressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was just searching for something. And because I was in a relationship with an addict, that was his solution. And so it became my solution. It got me through my day. It was able to stay up with my kids. It was able, I was able to work and do all these things that I couldn't emotionally and physically do myself. Why hook up with an addict? Oh, that's a whole other rabbit hole we go down. <laughs> it was a relationship I had been in and out of off and on oh, for years. Okay. But, you know, we have a lot of trauma that, you know, us addicts and it was comfortability and it was a relationship I would go back to after every breakup. And he happened to be deep in the throes of addiction. Hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so I have a question. So mm-hmm. you said meth and heroin. Mm-hmm. And here's a big part of your story that I think a lot of people should hear about mm-hmm. is that you're from a rural area, Utah County. Yes. So, because I, I think Utah rural County. Rural Utah County. I know. They <laughs> don't have drugs there. For, heroin, for people right? around the country and around the world who watch or listen to this, yeah. it's like, I don't know how you would describe, and, and, and like we're recording this in Salt Lake City, which mm-hmm. is a large metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. But right. when you head south, you go to a county that is predominantly Mormon. Mm-hmm. Happy uh, Valley. Yeah. Well, Happy Valley. Yeah, that's the nickname, that's a, right? <laughs> yeah. And and extremely conservative, mm-hmm. probably ninety nine percent Republican. Yep. Uh, 
and and in a lot of rural areas still, and there's a lot of farmland, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, orchards and mm -hmm. things like that. So, yeah. what was it? <laughs> yeah, I I was born and raised Utah County. Uh, I came from my all of my extended family is actually Mormon. So not only was I the only person in my family that wasn't religious. I was also the only one that got a divorce out of all the mm -hmm. grandkids, out of my my siblings. I was an only child between two parents being flip-flop between homes. So it kind of like enhanced that feeling of I'm alone. Right. And um, but growing up in Utah County, not being Mormon, that you know, puts you in another category. So who do you hook up with? You hook up with the ones that are accepting, and it happens to always be the drug addicts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you they think, don't belong you as think, well. Yeah, because they feel you like have they that don't belong. Similarity in yeah. a sense. So I did fall into that a little bit, and then as far as being a single parent, yeah, I. I just got connected with the wrong people and being a single parent, like that's one thing about my story. Like you said, um, nobody knew I was a complete functioning addict. I always had a home. I always paid my bills. I always went to work. I took care of my kids. Like nobody knew my family didn't know. I, when I'm in the throes of addiction, I'm the best liar. Really? Ever. I can lie to your face and have no remorse. Yeah. It's, it's, why are you lying? Right I know, now? wait, I like, know. <laughs> it's yeah, right. It's 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 scary. A lot of people say that functioning addicts are almost the scariest because your life doesn't like, you know, once you put a needle in your arm or you start start, as I like to say, once I pop the Pringles can, once you stop you or pop, you just can't stop. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people they go downhill really fast. Mine was really progressive. Like I said, I was in about four years of hard addiction. Most people had no idea I would wear long sleeves. Nobody knew that I had scars on my arms. Like it was totally holding jobs. Wow. No idea. Mm -hmm. And you can relate to that because I you say you were mm -hmm. functional. Yeah, when people... was, for those of you who don't know, I was a TV anchorman for over 40 years and I was a functional alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and until I found recovery, I never really admitted it to anyone. Yeah. All four of my ex-wives, they'd say... <laughs> They say you're an alcoholic, and I say no. I just drink a lot. Yeah. You know, so. I don't have a problem with drugs. They have a problem with me. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, what prompted you to seek recovery at some point? I mean, were, were you happy with your life when you were when you, you were hiding all this? Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I I refer to it as living in limbo. My life wasn't getting bad fast. It was slowly getting bad, but it also wasn't getting any better. Um, what actually kind of prompted me finally like reaching out was my dad. He came to me mm -hmm. and he was like, I know he, it, he, his approach was different. It wasn't that authoritative, like, Hey, I know, like do this. Yeah. It was, I want to help you. What can I do to help you? And that was the kickstart. It still took me a big a nine to 12 months to actually get into a treatment program. And I got, um, in some other trouble. Um, luckily I kind of stopped right before it got really, really bad. Um, and I entered into our due recovery down mm -hmm. in Provo, um, wonderful place, um, in December of 2019. That's spelled A-R-D-U, mm -hmm. in case you're wondering. Yes. Yeah. And so, what was it about our due? Like, what was the approach or what spoke to you? You know, I call our due my home. It really... Uh, you know, I just, it was, it was plushy. <laughs> it wasn't my idea of what treatment was. Like okay. I was always like, I don't need treatment. I can just stop. Well, first yeah. I went to detox and then I relapsed right afterwards in October, right before that. So when I finally went to Ardu and just learning that there were other people like me and they believe like they taught me about the biology of it, not just, 
the mm -hmm. emotional part, but the scientific part. And that's how my mind works. I'm very logical and analytical. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know the whys and, you know, the hows. And they mm -hmm. really taught really good classes about that kind of stuff. And then the camaraderie. And I had a community finally, mm -hmm. like being a single mom, being an only a child. A sober community. Yes. Yeah. Being, a, <laughs> being a single mom and an only child, it was... It was that isolation. I was good. I could do isolation. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't know how to have friends. And so it was a community. And really, like I said to my dad when I was in treatment once, like, I'm so proud to be an addict. And he was like, what does that mean? Yeah. But, you know, they just we other people don't understand, like, mm -hmm. the strength that comes within, like, sure. recovering. Re I like to say a grateful recovering addict. Yeah, I, I hear mm -hmm. that a lot in yes. 12 step. Yeah. In 12 step, yeah, I do. I do follow 12 step. Whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. How did you, you said you hit it so well. What, yeah. what, how did your dad figure this out? I mean, parents know. My yeah. mom always knew, but, you know, I was so good at manipulating and redirecting. You know, that's part of what comes with being an addict and addiction. You just kind of. Yeah. You're a you good can, liar. Oh, yeah. Manipulator. Yeah. Bullshitter. It's, yeah. Can so, I say that? Yeah. yeah. We've we heard a lot worse. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think what, um, so, because in Utah County, we think, oh, there's not drugs there. No. And then we think, oh, there's not a sober community there either. Yeah. So what is it like in Utah County to be out there and to be a woman in recovery? So And to be open about it. And it's been your hometown. It's a small mm -hmm. hometown your entire life. You would actually be surprised how big the sober community is. It's from all the way from American Fork all the way down to Payson and further. Yeah, I got into sober softball. That's huge down in Spanish Fork. Um, just people at the rooms. I mean, you would go to a meeting. Sometimes there'd be 70 people in a meeting. Wow. Like people think that just because it's Salt Lake and there's a higher amount, there's a higher number of people. Mm -hmm. No, it's really saturated. And there's so many treatment centers and everything down there that it's, it is its own little community. I heard Springville is a hotbed for drugs. Isn't every city a hotbed well, for I, drugs you know, in I some way, shape, or form? Where would you go? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I don't know. So it's just as easy yeah. to get drugs in yeah. Utah County as it is in Salt Lake County. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. Well, we, I would come up here to get it. Well, it's not like it's that far of a drive. No, that's true. Oh, yeah, and I would make that drive, You know too, what I mean? So, yeah. We do what we can in our addiction. I think it's cool because you guys say you're functioning, and, and I don't understand that concept. Like, I am not good when I am using, like, mm -hmm. I'm dumpster diving, and so, but what I did know Sleeping notice, under cars. Sleeping under cars. Like, I am not functional at all. You can totally mm -hmm. tell. Um, so it really blows my mind because I recently met your three kids, mm -hmm. and it felt like there was no distance, time, anything between the between you guys like yeah. it felt like you were always involved the best mom and not to say yeah. that you weren't but mm -hmm. there were times you were absent right but you do not feel that when you're around your kids so no. who are you what would you say to the single parents not just the moms but the single dads on how to create that with your children you know I think they saved me I think they actually saved me from not going further below because I had to I made a commitment to them by having them and I think just the way that I was raised and the person that I am, maybe, but you have to show up for your kids in some way. I may not have emotionally been there completely for them, but I was physically there for them. So you never lost them like Rachel did. With her uh -uh. Parents. You know, and I have parents that kind of helped me, okay. like would see when things were getting a little bit, you know, maybe they were enabling a little bit. And sometimes they say, maybe if you let me fall, I would have caught on sooner. But everything happens for a reason. And I think that they did. I have a huge support system with them. And um, I did not lose my kids. I have had full custody of them the entire cool. time. How mm -hmm. old are they? I have a 10-year-old daughter 
a nine-year-old son and a seven-and-a-half-year-old boy. Wow. Mm -hmm. They're so cute. Her daughter calls her basic. Like, it is yeah. the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, she goes, Mom, you're so basic. <laughs> now, now, are they all aware of the struggles you've been through? So when so when I was in and out, I had a couple relapses throughout since 2019, um, short ones, but they happened. And um, I would always tell them that I they know what our do is. So um, they would always say I would tell them mommy was going through like a depression or something like that. And so they or they thought one time it was a yoga retreat. <laughs> and <laughs> well, well, but what I've done this last time is I got honest with them and I sat them. My youngest doesn't necessarily he's still not mentally there, nor cares. But, um, they know they, they have came to see me at our do and things, but, um, I had to have that conversation with my older two. And I had said my, I was doing some step work and my son saw me writing something that said alcoholism. He's like, well, you don't drink alcohol. And I had to, that was my in, I almost tried to hide it from him, but I was like, no, I'm not going to this time. Yeah. So I was honest with them. And I said, mommy used to do drugs and I've, it's opened up a whole other dialogue with my kids that it's actually, we've gotten a lot closer and I can teach them things that I've learned throughout what I've learned in my uh, recovery. So who are you today? Like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Well, I work for FTR. Mm -hmm. I do. Which is Fit to Recover, mm -hmm. uh, which is, uh, uh, how would you describe it, Rachel, since you work there now? Uh, mm -hmm. I would describe it as a nonprofit recovery center that helps individuals with mm -hmm. substance use disorder through fitness, nutrition, community service, and creative arts. So it's a holistic approach for long-term recovery. Yeah, Which uh, is so important for, mm -hmm. for recovery. I mean, you can... You presume in in most uh, treatment places that you're going to be sober for the time you're there. Yeah. You presume, uh, and yeah. Not always the case, but but the key is how you're living your life, which is what FTR helps you to do. I mean, Odyssey right. House uh, takes our clients over to Fit to Recover, they and they look forward to it because yeah. they learn about. They they like the physical activity the best, but but they yeah. learn about you know nutrition and expressing yourself. The yeah. other the other thing that's interesting about FTR is that one of the one of the pillars that you guys uh, base your your mm -hmm. program on is service. Yeah. Yes. And, and that uh, describe what service is I because think. it's important. I mean, if you think about the twelve steps, mm -hmm. that also includes service in, in getting outside your head and thinking about other things. Mm -hmm. Well, I That's her. I appreciate you asking because mm -hmm. I actually brought the service pillar to FTR back in uh, 2014. I didn't know that. Way yeah, to go. yeah. Um, and the reason why is because when I'm a service, one, my my brain operates the way that it does, and so I had to learn to accept who and how I am. And so when things get um, when things get crazy in my mind, because I will create all these stories when I'm of service, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm stepping outside of myself. I'm also I like to give back in areas where I've done damage, which allows me to make an amends to my community, to myself, mm -hmm. to people around that I may never have the opportunity. And it makes me feel like I'm not this piece of shit that I feel like I am when I'm using. It's completely opposite of everything that I once was. And so being of service is just honestly service is what keeps me sober well it makes you feel down. good i mean mm -hmm. to, yeah to, you know yeah. In, a, in a semi selfish non-selfish way yeah you're helping yourself by helping others absolutely mm -hmm. just like 
her dad going to yeah. her was the thing just saying, I see you and I love you as yes. you are. That's what I want to do to those that don't have a voice and they may never have a voice because mm-hmm. we're all three sitting here, but we're not special or above anyone yes. else. Oh, we no. put in the work, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I'm sitting here and I'm constantly reminding myself of that because I'm not better than anyone. No. I don't know. I, I don't have those answers, but I, I spend my life trying to help others. It's a gentle understanding approach to other people who are dealing with the same issues that we've all dealt with. I was thinking about your dad's conversation yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he would have said, Alex, you got to mm-hmm. stop doing drugs. You're a, mm-hmm. you're a your loser. You can't have that a million that times. Stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that wouldn't have sunk mm-hmm. in at all. No. It, it sounds like he was an amazingly understanding dad. He still is. Yeah. He's a huge rock in my life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it gives you that permission to be vulnerable with Mm -hmm. who you are and how you're really feeling so that you can get the help that -hmm. you need. So you can start identifying what it is, the core issues and what you're truly going through. Exactly. Which which is how FTR deals with your Mm -hmm. clients or Odyssey House deals with our clients. You know, you never... You never walk into a place and people say, you got to clean up your act. You're screwing up. You, just you, stop. You know, that kind yeah, of just stuff. stop. Yeah, just, just stop. Remember, I, I, I'm an old fart, but, but, but the, the, drug, the drug thing when Ronald Reagan was president, his wife took up, uh, his wife was part of the anti-drug movement mm-hmm. at the time. And yeah. just, you know, wasn't it just stop or I, don't do drugs. I think or, it was, this is your brain on drugs, and they would crack the eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my brain yeah. every day. <laughs> or, or years and years and years ago, there was a film, I think the government made it, called Reefer Madness. Oh, I didn't see that. You got to you gotta look it up. And it showed, and, and Matt's, wanna... Matt and Kenny, are our engineers, are the, how long ago was that? Was that Reefer Madness? Have you ever seen it? You That's gotta, a good name, though. You, you gotta Google it uh, because Let's Google it's, a, it. it's a, <laughs> well, right. Google Reefer Madness, yeah. and it'll show you a link. And it's this dark. Uh, I think it's black and white and and poorly filmed thing that just shows people turning in some monsters when they smoke pot. Oh man, Reefer Madness. You know, so. I have to see this. <laughs> I mean, it's funny now. But yeah, now, but uh, back then, yeah. Uh, you know, and so that's that, the approach that all treatment centers and FDR mm-hmm. and Odyssey House and Ardu. Uh, you know, it's a gentle understanding thing right. and getting into people's heads. Right, yeah. and it might take one time. It might take several times. Mm-hmm. It might take. I mean, there is no, there's no one size fits all for exactly. this thing. Not in recovery, not, not in how mm. you recover, not in, yeah. Because life gets lifey too. It is mm-hmm. situational things mm-hmm. that you go through. There's been time, I mean, Randall and I have been friends for so long. There's been times that I've been absolutely just emotionally bankrupt yeah. in Sober. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't get to use drugs, right? Yeah. Like I choose not to, but yeah. sometimes I get mad about that yeah. because I want that release. I want to be able to just go out and mm-hmm. use and feel good. Yeah, but I've worked too hard, and I'm not going to do that. Well, I work on not doing it yes. for today. Yeah, that's what keeps me going too. Yeah. I, I think about it occasionally because my go-to to just numb myself and just sort of say goodbye to the world for a yeah. little while was alcohol. Yes, right. And, and it's so easy, especially with alcohol. Yeah, but you just walk in the store. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, and, and and I think about the fact that you and I both have what ten and a half years yeah. now or something. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> And I think about just throwing that away. Yeah. And I, and I realize, because you talked about your brief, brief relapses, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're a loser or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I still would feel 
I know I would feel horrible the next yeah. day when I woke up saying, why did I do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. What, what, what caused, do you, have you analyzed your brief relapses? Yes. I have. Tell me about uh, your analysis, doctor. Yes. So um, I had another I, idea to get into a relationship with an addict again. That's relationships. Yeah, That's relationships are hard. There's a pattern. Choose uh, some yeah, different people. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, I, I was fresh out of one relationship. Even though I felt like I had been out of a relationship for two years, I was still only sober for six or seven months so i was in a relationship for two years and we kind of played the flip-flop like mm -hmm. he would start going downhill and i would hold on for three or four months and then i would eventually fall so i had to choose not to be in that relationship anymore and it's hard because you know you build a relationship with somebody for two years and you are sober in times together yeah. but i had to look really like this last relapse that i had in getting sober i had to really do a lot of introspection like not only was it like, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. It was, what did, what was my part? Yes. You know, like mm -hmm. I did this. Maybe I'm the toxic one in this sense. Maybe I'm not yeah. healthy for this person. Yeah. And it was hard, you know, and you'd feel bad because you let down other people and you'd build relationships with their family and he made connections with my kids. But I had to look at it like it's. I had to look at it with my kids like it's my survival. It's their life. What yeah. I need to make the best decision for me and them. So that's hard to do. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go is is a critical thing mm -hmm. in recovery, and you're going to have to do it time and time again. Yeah. That's just the truth of it. I mean, sometimes I get resentful about using when the people I love the most go back out because yes. I get mad. And really underneath that is I'm hurt. Like you just went back out and now you're using, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't do that. I don't get the luxury, you know, like yeah, those are my first could. thoughts. Right. Yeah. That's those are what my it was first when thoughts. he would relapse. Mm -hmm. Those are my thoughts. As I was yeah. like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I have to go to, you know, like, yeah. but those are my yeah. first thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's when you learn how to identify how you operate and then what to do with those thoughts. But mm -hmm. I have the same thoughts. Yeah. And then I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. And the thing people don't, if people watching or listening don't understand is that addicts, alcoholics, always blame some someone or something else Absolutely. for their issues. Oh, yeah, know? for sure. My wife made me do it because, you know, my boss, I, I got mm -hmm. fired. Uh, it rained today and I wanted yeah. sunshine. <laughs> and know? there can be truth to that, too. But the, the other side of that is you allow it. Yeah. Why are you allowing that stuff? And why, you know, it's you allowing it, regardless of yeah. the whole world is doing you dirty or wrong, you're still allowing it in your space. So you have ownership in all yeah. of it. And that's the fun part about being a parent in recovery now yeah. is my daughter will say things like, um, oh, it's it's your fault that I did that I <laughs> stepped in the puddle because you told me that I could wear sandals. And I'm like, but it was your choice and it's okay. You know, like that just came off the top yeah. of my head, but things like that and being able to be like, I'm teaching my kids like accountability. Like mm -hmm. just because that happened, like it's not anybody else's fault. It was right. your choice to do something. Yeah. It's he been, made me it's mad. Fun. No, you made yourself <laughs> mad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, that's a hard concept for people, you know, whether mm -hmm. they're alcoholics or addicts or whatever, yeah. it's a hard concept. Mm -hmm. A lot yes. of people blame other people for everything. Well, and for your own happiness as well. So yeah. like I was struggling this week. It's just been a long week. I started school. We moved like so many things. And so last night I bought myself a $40 steak and I just sat by myself and ate it. 
Wow. And yeah, forty dollars. I did. I did. <laughs> it's not normal behavior, but I was like, if I want all this attention or if I'm lacking, I need to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. I was by myself. I went and got, ate a forty dollars steak by myself. Was it good? It was delicious, <laughs> and it was the best date night I've had. <laughs> I love that with for myself. You. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. That's why I'm like, oh, I feel better now. Yeah. I gave myself love. I think well, that's important. And, and, yeah. and what would you have paid if? To, uh, to go out and buy a shot of heroin or, or meth or pot or, or alcohol. That's true. I mean, back in. And you wouldn't think anything about spending 40 bucks on drugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Not at oh, all. You spend $100 a day, but I can't even buy a $40 t shirt. I know. That's why I'm like, it was really <laughs> yeah. hard. But I was like, you know what? I deserve it. I work yeah. hard. Like, I'm, I'm going to school again. I like that. Yeah. And it was really, it was a good steak. I wow. felt spoiled. I was like, I can do this for myself. I don't need anyone to do Way it to for me. Yeah, it was great. We only have about a minute left. What do you do at uh, FTR? Mm. So I am the Orem or Utah County Outreach Coordinator. So my job, because I'm a part of the community, is to go out and basically promote FTR and get people to show up. But it's a lot more than that. Mm. Um, FTR, the Salt Lake location, has had a lot of focus. So now mm-hmm. we're going to focus on our Utah County so we can start expanding. I want to start bringing down nutrition. We got to get the creative arts pillar down there, our service. That's yes. part of my job is to get a service going around monthly. Um, I reach out to new clients um, and go into treatment centers. So that's how I mm-hmm. found about uh, our due was, uh, or excuse me, FTR was our due doing what Odyssey does. Sure. So really just connecting with those people and uh, being a part of the community to get them to be a part of Rachel, Rachel told me that she's proud because she hired you. I am Aww. very yes. proud. She's my spirit animal. I, I think she uh, made a good decision there. Yeah, yeah I, I did. For, for the people, like, of course, I love Alex, but for Utah County and the people, like, Alex is perfect and it empowers her and it right. shows our kids and it's what's needed out there. And mm-hmm. I cannot wait for this next year to see what happens cool. in Orem. Really excited. Alex Jeffs McRae, thank you for being here <laughs> thank with you us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah thank you. Good mm-hmm. to see you again. You too. Thank, thank you for watching or listening to another edition of Odyssey House Journals.